Hey everybody, welcome to the Faith Church Podcast. I am your host, Jay Williams, and joining me today is Christoph Katzbeck. Hey Jay. How's it going? It's good, it's good. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. So on my way in this morning, I... Um, so right now what is happening in my household is we all kind of... Lauren and I drive the different cars. So people make fun of us because we have all these... Basically we have all these junker cars and we just rotate junker cars. They always have a problem. You have to like... Them cast lots to decide who's going to drive well, which it's one like in the morning. Well, which one is available. Like one needs a new headlight assembly, so it can't be driven at night. Um, another one, like um, I can't get the hatch open, so it can only be used to cart passengers. And another one gets like three miles to the gallon. So it's, you know, so you just have to rotate a lot. Sure, sure. Point being that there are two things that happen when I get into a car and I know that Lauren drove it before me. Number one is I bash my knees against the... the yep. Um, against the steering column trying to get in hit my head on the because I don't notice and then I get in and she obviously the seat is much farther up for her and then the second thing right now this time of year is that when I turn on the car the Christmas stage or Christmas music is blaring on the radio station which drives me crazy because I am used to no nothing when I turn on the car you don't listen to like Christmas music when you're driving I don't and I don't like I don't know what it is about me but I'm like (laughs) I totally go bah humbug when I when I turn it on and it's like blaring I think it's partly the greeting of it it's it's blaring you know and uh, you don't want Christmas vomiting in your face I guess yeah Yeah. that's a little harsh man your words now we have to put a parental guidance you know parental advisory on this podcast episode sorry you you bring the youth guy on like I didn't use you don't know what to expect so anyway this morning I get in and I'm like haha I see that the seat has been pulled, you know, pulled forward and I, I move it back and get in and turn on the car, but boom, I got blindsided by the Christmas music. And then a commercial came on and I was like, I recognize that voice on this commercial. Yeah. And I'm like, that's Sean. Yeah. That's Christoph's dad. Yeah. And I I forget like what a, what radio, radio runs in your family. It does. And so, um, our very own Sean Katzbeck was on the radio, um, talking about the Casa toy drive. So I thought, well, Hey, what better time to just plug that really quickly? He was talking about, uh, about, so Casa, we're all, um, a a lot of us are involved with Casa, like in our, in our church, Casa volunteers, Casa is court appointed special advocates. Right. So those are uh, individuals who volunteer to um, basically be an advocate for a child who is kind of wrapped up in the like the court system, right, so like right. family court and that kind of thing. And so they just serve as an advocate for the kid to make sure that the the child um, understands the things that are going on. It, someone that the child can talk to, you know, as as their advocate, just to make sure that they're being heard and make sure that you know that they understand what's going on, all those things. So. It's really a great program, um, and and a lot of our people are volunteers with that. So there's a plug that if you would like more information on how to volunteer and be an advocate, please let us know. But another way that you can help is they're doing a, a toy drive um, to provide Christmas gifts for these kids. And, yeah. And so um, you can drop off a new toy. We say you have to say new because, you know, otherwise – you're not you're not you rifling through your, yeah, your, you know your kids' toys and yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not a new donation thing. But you could bring a new toy to Jack's, the Marinette Welcome Center, or the Maple Moose in Peshtigo. Yeah. Which is awesome. Man, what a blessing that is to be able to um just, you know, spread a little bit of joy, spread a little bit of, of giving. 
uh, Christmas season and to be able to help those in the area. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you might want to do that right now. Like right, right now, now. As you're listening to this, run to Walmart or wherever and grab a toy and then go drop it off at, at Jack's or the Marinette Welcome Center or the Maple Moose. You almost got me back into like my radio mode there for a moment. We did yeah. the right now. Like, because I used to have to do, I have to, I, I used to, do the you know pledge drives and stuff like that and you would you do the hey call call right now call right now we should do that for the podcast i don't think it works with podcasts yeah no it'd be awesome call the church right now now. and then leslie would get phone calls (laughs) yeah i'm calling in about the about whatever we're talking about yeah and uh and you know, like say the seventh caller right oh now. Oh my goodness, it'd be gets, so good. Gets a free beverage at the Maple Moose, um, <laughs> and so both both Leslie would be confused and Jason at the Maple Moose. Would uh, be people confused are showing also. up. Just like, they said they were the seventh caller. I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like they said they said they want. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're just sending people your way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but you're sending them to get free drinks. Well. Yeah. well Details, details. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I'm not the businessman here. I'm the marketing person. Yeah, you so, just, you like, just if you just send give it away there. free drinks, then all these people would come. You know, oh that's that's okay. my job to get people in the door. So, like, I don't know what I I don't know what you're putting your hope in if you're not putting your hope in getting people to come to your. So, oh, I see. Oh, uh, you know what you could I, put your hope in? Jesus, Jesus. Yeah, that was good. Which is the I like that. Season. That was good. Yeah, yeah. I see what transition. you did there. Yeah, my transitions are on point. Always. Jeff tried to take my transition last week. Did he? Yes. I actually didn't listen that far to last oh, week. Okay. So, uh, I, see, I didn't try to take Nobody it. Just... Which, by the way, thank you to the people who filled out the comment cards with their Thanksgiving, favorite Thanksgiving leftovers. That was incredible. Leslie had no idea what was going on. That was so good. Which is delightful. She brought them into staff meeting and she's like, I don't understand. In fact, one person filled it out. I mean, so there were a few that. One particular, the first one that Leslie saw, Leslie was worried that something was going on with them because, like, you get a comment card that you know, or, like a prayer card that just says like sweet potatoes yeah, sweet, and turkey, yeah. and she's like, are "What are they okay?" I, well, so I think she they called. Call, they call, she Leslie called. called them, yeah. yeah, Leslie called them to be like, "Are you? Is everything okay? Like, are you?" <laughs> so good, delightful, so good. So, and the great thing is Leslie was still like, yeah, she's not listening to the podcast. No, we no, could. she's whatever. And the best thing about Leslie is we could do this in another month and she would forget totally that this ever happened. Oh, she would in, in earnest, like something yeah. weird would happen and she'd be like, oh, we got to make sure yeah. everything's okay. Like, I think we've got to, yeah, I think we got to mix it up. So I do think we should do, not this time, but I think some point we need to do like the seventh caller. Yeah. And just yeah. say like, hey, at this time, just call and, uh, and or like when you're listening to this, just call. And, uh, yeah. I would love a reoccurring bit of just like the podcast is the vehicle, which we just kind of just play keep, little... keep Leslie on her toes. You know, just, we're just, we're just keeping her on her toes. That's good. I think it'd be fun. Eventually yeah. she might, li- no, she won't listen. No. I think she just hears our voices enough. She doesn't need, she doesn't want to hear any more. So anyway, I ruined the transition. Just, I've been doing this lately. <laughs> you transitioned so well. You no, know, Robbie, Robbie would be so happy about this. He'd be like, you're ruining your transition by like talking about the transition. Yeah. So let's transition into the message this weekend. So we are in the middle of our Advent series going through some prophecies in Isaiah. Yeah. And you took Isaiah 35. Yeah. And kind of centered around hope in the, in the midst of the desert and... Um, so yeah, so what was that like? I mean, it's always a challenge to take a whole, um, especially in the Old Testament, some of these prophecies to to take the passage because it's all in a context. Yeah. And so you don't have time to go 
deep into the situation that Isaiah's in and what the people of Israel, you can, you can touch on that obviously, but then you're also talking about, you know, what is to come, what they were anticipating. It's like a, it's a threefold thing. Like it's, it's meaningful to them in the moment when he's saying this, it's also projecting forward and prophesying about the coming of Jesus in the incarnation, but then it's also a, a prophecy of what is to come when Jesus returns a second time. So yeah, yeah, like wrap your head around the fact. I I was thinking about how this was written, you know, seven hundred years prior to Christ, and we we live two thousand years after Christ, and so yeah, to think of it in that way of like there were people who were hearing Isaiah prophesy this over them you know, in the midst of their specific context, which was um, a really uh, a difficult one. The, the nation, it just, you know, if you read in Isaiah 34, which I, I purposely didn't go too deep into it because, yeah, you could you could just, you could spend a lot of time talking about the history of Israel and what they had to go through and God's judgment on them. But for them, like the whole point was, and I think like this was, this is what we're trying to center on as we're, in the Advent season is the hope we have in Christ, the hope that they had in God in that moment that would be realized in Jesus, and then the hope that we have um, both looking back on Jesus but then also looking forward to um, his return. And so, yeah, just like really trying to distill that down into the fact that like, hey, we have hope because our, our God is good. Like that's that's kind of the common theme, and that's like let's really drill in and focus in on that. Yeah, I love that. And you know what I was thinking, and it was as you were kind of as you were going through it. I was thinking about this idea of the hope that you're in in the what feels like the the desert, you know, or or the wilderness, which is both a a time of of wandering, but also the place where God does most of his most yeah. of his work. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's a reason why such a high percentage of of the um, of the passages in the Old Testament and the stories that we know in the Old Testament, why they are when when the people of Israel are facing trials, because there were years that the people of Israel were doing well, you know. But yeah, there's we don't we don't see as much of that because that's God is doing His work when they are wandering, when they are in the the wilderness, when they're in the desert, when they're um, whether it's physically or spiritually, when they are exiles, when they are captive, when they are you know, all these different things. And so I I was just sitting there thinking, okay, so if that's the theme, this this idea of our hope in the the desert, in what feels like the desert, um, I was thinking of it in terms of the individual and then the church and then our culture as a whole. Right. So there are people that so individually, like this is this is a prophetic, um, helpful passage for those who are personally struggling, who feel like they're going through a personal yeah yeah desert um and they feel like they're wandering whether it's because of illness or they feel spiritually empty or relationally challenging or whatever the case is and that Jesus is our hope in the midst of you know in the midst of those individual um in those individual trials right yeah so yeah he brings to life and then i was thinking in the church um that that Jesus is our hope in the midst of the struggles and trials we go through as a church family, which sometimes is is it's made up of those individual trials, but it can also just be as a church culture. Like we, 
the the you know our church a lot of churches went through that you know whether it was with the pandemic or other things where you go through these seasons where there's unrest and there's trials and there's difficulties and it feels like there are seasons that a church goes through where you feel like everything's firing on all cylinders and then there are other seasons where it feels like um it's difficult you know and it's a it's a struggle um and that Jesus is our hope in that and then obviously you the the easy one is the culture, right? Like that's what people usually jump to. I think when we think of the desert and wandering, you know that that okay, the culture is in this difficult place, and um, and to remember that Jesus is our hope in that to bring fruit in in the culture that it, and so I don't know. I was just thinking of those three different levels and how in each one of them the desert looks different. We describe it differently. There are different trials. There are different struggles in that. But in each one of them, Jesus is our hope. But then the question is, well, how? How is, like, do we remember that he is actually our hope? What does that even mean to put our hope in Jesus versus something else, even something else that's spiritual or religious? So these are all the things that were rattling through my brain as you were oh, preaching, man. which right. maybe I only heard like 12 minutes then of your sermon because I was like thinking... <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a good thing. I, I always love it. I always love it when somebody comes up to me after a sermon and they're like, well, you should have talked about this. And I can respond with, well, like, obviously God like brought that into your heart for a reason. Like th- that was sparked up in you for some reason. And like, I think that's really true. Kind of the way that you, you broke that into the three sections. And I think uh, what was weighing heavy on me specifically this one was more of the first two than the second, the individual and the church Um but also the culture. I mean, it's all it, it it all points to God's work of redemption, right? God is redeeming that which ha, uh, that which is not as He intended it to be. That which is broken, that which is marred um, by sin. And I, like I think when we focus in on any one of those specifically, we have a, a tendency to um, uh, take away from the work that He's doing in all three of them. So yeah, He is redeeming all of his creation. Yes, he is redeeming his people and yes, he is redeeming um, the individual, but like it, it all has to point back to him. So yeah, the, the idea of hope, like in Jesus, I just, um, I was really struck by, and I think Christmas is just such an interesting time because we culturally, like we as a culture, um, celebrate all of these gifts that are given by God. You know, I I, I even, I went on, um, <laughs> and, I, and I took this out of the sermon, but I had, a list. I asked a Chat GPT just because I was I was curious. Um, what are what are like the most common phrases that are used in Christmas time? And you look through all these words and you're like, oh my goodness, these are all um, gifts that God has given us: joy and uh, um, patience and um, peace, peace and love, world peace, like all these things that we say at Christmas time. And you go, oh, these are all like these are all things that are good when they are. Um, when they are given by God, but they are also all things that we can take. And because of our brokenness, we can kind of like, have you ever had somebody who's like, um, I'm trying to think of a specific situation, but like they're trying to strong arm their family into having joy. They're like, you are going to enjoy right. this. Whether and, and oftentimes in our effort to pursue those specific things, rather than to just pursue and trust Jesus, uh, we tend to um, do the exact opposite of what we are hoping to do. We tend to strong arm it into nobody's having a good time. <laughs> Everybody's frustrated. And, you know, you probably burnt the lasagna because you were too busy trying to force everyone into uh, having a good time. I, I don't know. So um, 
that's how like I think we can take this idea of like we should have our hope in Jesus and instead we take our hope in the things that Jesus gives us and then we tend we tend to miss both. It's kind of like that old C.S. Lewis quote, you like you aim for heaven, you get earth thrown in, but you aim aim for earth and you don't uh, maybe I'm I'm totally butchering that. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Now I'm going to that's going to really C.S. Lewis is going to call in <sighs> and he's going to yeah. say C.S. Lewis, if you're the seventh C. caller, C.S. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis, if he is hearing this where he is right now, he's just smiling and shaking his head at your port. But um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. So that's a really interesting thing, which creates some tension, I think, for the Christian. So let's talk about that for a second. So in in the culture, as the culture celebrates Christmas, um, and when I say the culture, I'm just talking about the world, which you know is a mix of you have Christians and non-Christians that celebrate Christmas. Yeah. And they are celebrating the gifts that are given by God through Christmas. So it's not like the world is celebrating things that don't have anything to do with God. They are the gifts that are given. So like you said, joy and and peace. If you ask 10 people who are not Christians who celebrate Christmas because, you know, they're in a culture that celebrates Christmas, if you ask them what's the meaning of, What's the true meaning of Christmas? They're going to say likely one of the things that we would affirm is a gift from God that we are to remember, you know, during this time. So even like thinking about being with loved ones and being with family and like, yeah, those are all gifts that are given by God. And I think one of the tensions for Christians is how do we, how do you respond to that? Because I'm sure I'm not alone in cringing, whether it's in a Hallmark movie or, you know, uh, a special on TV or, you know, whatever the case is where somebody says, you know, what's the true meaning of Christmas? And they're like, oh, the true meaning of Christmas is love and peace and being with family that I cringe a little bit. So I'm like, ah, it's, um, but at the same time, like, I don't want to be the person that just is always cringing around everybody, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I've thought like, what do you, how does a Christian respond to that? And I think we tend to respond in like typical, we, 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 our momentum kind of goes into a ditch. Like we are just, we are wired to go into ditches. We just, because to not be in the ditch means to be abiding in Christ and to like just being in lockstep with him, which is like, we wander away from him all the time. So we're going to veer off into a ditch. And I think one ditch is, that we get really crotchety about it, you know, like where we just say, um, you know, like we insist, like we force the, the acknowledgement of the giver. And so like we do social media posts or we insist that Walmart greeters say Merry Christmas or that we say like Jesus is the, the reason for the season. And so we insist that, you know, that uh, uh, like we want businesses to have nativity scenes and we want people to acknowledge that. And so there's kind of a, like, no, the true meaning of Christmas is not love and joy and peace. It is, you know, it is Jesus. Well, yes, that's true. But to force that on the culture is like kind of, it's nonsensical. And in the irony then is we end up becoming the least joyful and the least peaceful people during the season that we're supposed to be manifesting this. Like, as we're supposed to be celebrating the incarnation, um, we, we kind of turn it into a battleground. And that's certainly not, that's a ditch, right? That we don't want to fall into. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And the other ditch though, that's also tempting is to then just go along with the culture and to, 
and, and, and to just say, like, go along with the culture in worshiping the gift. And so we say, yes, that is the, that is the meaning of Christmas. It is just, you know, peace and joy and love. And we just, we just kind of just accept the, the worldly version of that and just, and go, go along with it completely. And I don't know, like how other, other than, I mean, the only way that I can think of like the, that we should be dealing with it is to remember that the most important thing is that the church family is worshiping the giver and not the gift. Right. Yeah. You know, that we enjoy the gift, worship the giver of the gift. And if we're doing that as a church family and not in a pretentious way and not in a self-righteous way, but just in a, a genuine way, then that will permeate into the culture um, the way that God intends for it. But we're not going to, it doesn't honor God to force someone who doesn't believe in him to acknowledge him, right? right like it doesn't, right, it right. doesn't do any good. And so grumbling and being bitter or complaining that uh, some business doesn't have, you know, doesn't recognize Jesus as king is a little, you know, it's a little counterproductive and silly. Um, but that doesn't mean that I don't like it doesn't mean like I don't want to fall in the other ditch and say like well I don't want to be offensive to the culture so I don't want to mention Jesus like well no I I can and I should because right, exactly yeah. I do know that like yes all these things I can I can validate those things and say yes those are beautiful gifts that we remember during the season and they are gifts from God and who became flesh and walked among us and that's the reason that we celebrate all this because of the gift that he is. Yeah, it's it's we just we have this incredible opportunity in the Advent and Christmas season to where the culture is embracing these like different gifts that God does give. But the but yeah, the bummer is that we tend to kind of try to strong arm people after they get to that point to uh to be like, okay, yeah, you can give, but you have to acknowledge that God is the ultimate giver. Instead of going like instead of just being a people who recognize that and, and, and help people to get to that point. Like I, I just, we, tr we tend to, and I mean, this goes all the way back to the garden where we want to put ourselves in the place of where God is. And like, it is ultimately God who changes the heart of men and women. And why do we try to, uh, why do we try to take these things and, and strong arm people into that? But, um, but like you're saying, that also doesn't mean, that also doesn't mean we don't, um, we don't say anything like we, we just we have this beautiful opportunity to um to to explain to the world or to show to the world why it is we believe these things and join them in in that process like what an incredible opportunity for a witness and so i i don't know i really sitting on that um when when i was going through this in that that um the motif of dry land to uh, a land of abundance i was thinking how yeah, he does that to you personally. But if you knew that the person next to you was going through a dry land and they were looking to like these streams and they were going like, oh, those look, those look great. Like, why would we not then want to share in that abundance? You know, why would we not then want to point them to the living water if we knew that they were going through uh, the desert? We had that, we had that opportunity this Christmas. You know, we, we have, um, yeah. We do. I mean, that's the, so we talked about this, I think last week in the podcast, I talked about this with Jeff, that that in our culture, that idea of already not yet 
is that God gives these gifts to be enjoyed by all of creation, whether they whether they recognize him or not, belong to him or not, that that everything on earth is a glimpse of heaven or a glimpse of hell. You know, it's a glimpse. Yeah, yeah. It's God's kindness and his gift to us, whether we acknowledge him or not. Now there's going to come a day where God will remove his presence from from those who don't don't worship him and and choose um, to be their own God. Um, and when that happens, then then people will realize like, oh, God was actually it was it was God's grace that gave all of these different gifts. And so I do think that is an incredible opportunity when somebody when somebody is expressing that they feel like they love Christmas because of the peace that is, you know, and, and it's quiet, which I don't know anybody that calls the Christmas season quiet or peaceful. So that's the irony of oh the my whole goodness, thing. Every time. Yeah. Yeah. But even if they say like, oh, I want, you know, joy and peace. And that's the true meaning of Christmas. Um, we do have an opportunity to, to say like, you know, that that's something that you can experience all year round. And I think so often we get worried about what we're saying. And we, we talk about this all the time. How you say something matters way more than what you say. For sure. I mean, there are bad things you can say, no doubt. But most people are playing in a sandbox where you're at least like somewhere within the realm of you know, like not not many people are just out there constantly spouting heresy that is just, you know, the worst thing ever. It's mostly most of the um, trouble that Christians in our culture get into is is how we say something. And so if somebody says like, oh, I, I really look forward to this time of year because I just feel like there's a lot of joy and and um, peace. And I, I think those that's the true meaning. And there's a way to express that, yeah, those are those are gifts that are given to us. And there's a reason why the birth of Jesus is associated with that. And this is this is available all year round, like to be able to have that peace. There's a way to say that that is um, humble and gracious and um and winsome and then there's a way to say that that's condescending and self-righteous and judgmental and like that's my bigger concern right it's my i'm I'm less concerned with somebody saying oh i wish the walmart greeters would say merry christmas i'm more concerned in how that is delivered you know most of the time for sure And I think so when we're thinking about those ditches, it's just a reminder too that yes, this is a great opportunity. So don't, I would encourage the church, don't, don't withdraw and just pull out of it and be like, well, it's a, you know, like there are people who say like, oh, it's a, it's a pagan holiday. And I'm like everything, like you're kind of in this weird thing whenever we say like, oh, this thing is pagan and this thing's not philosophically, we're in a weird place because everything's created by God. Correct. Right. So, so nothing originated with like apart from God. Right. So, yeah. um, So you're kind of in a weird place when you say, well, that was created or that was created by the enemy or that was created. No, it wasn't. The enemy can't create anything. He's not a creator. So God is a creator. The enemy is a perverter. So like anything that we take from the culture and redeem and say, well, yeah, there's a reason why you actually celebrate this. And it comes from God. Even if that wasn't the intention when they started celebrating whatever festival or holiday or whatever it was, it doesn't matter because whatever they're celebrating is likely those are gifts from God. And so we're just like saying, no, you're celebrating it from this. This is, it's actually from God. And so 
I, I would encourage us not to withdraw from that. Like it is an incredible opportunity, like you said, that the culture is talking about these things like love, joy, peace. Um, it's, it's valuing these things. It's talking about these things. It's desiring these things. And we have this golden opportunity to say, yeah, and we know the source of all of those gifts. And it is, like you said, the woman at the well, it is this idea of somebody saying like, well, yeah, I want peace this Christmas season. And we're able to say like, you, there's something even greater. You can have peace for eternity, not just yeah. for a season. Yeah, peace doesn't have to just be a like, you experience it Christmas morning and then you're right back to whatever chaos it is. You can go, well, no, like that's a lot like the woman at the well. Of, yeah. Well, you, this one, you're going to get thirsty again. Right. But it, but with with God, I'm going to give you everlasting. I'm going to give you everlasting peace, everlasting joy. You know, everlasting, yeah, um, which is what we celebrate. You know, uh, yeah. That's it. You're not even going to argue with me or anything. No. What? I don't argue with you, Jay. Come on. It's a time of peace. What are <laughs> you talking? Right. We're in Advent, man. Come yeah. on. <laughs> so I mean, I I hope like there is a. a that people recognize the opportunities that we have. But again, I can't stress enough. Like don't, it, it's, it, it is about timing. It is about just demeanor. It is about like, just, I just don't, I, one thing that I am confident in is that as a church, we should not be uh, forcing things onto people. We should not be insisting on things. We should not be boycotting businesses because they refuse to say Merry Christmas and they say happy holidays. Like those are just things that it's not, it is not the way that Jesus walked the earth. It is not the way the early church functioned at all. We should be focused on, are we worshiping Jesus this season? You know, are we being influenced by the culture? Are we getting caught up in consumerism and materialism and, and the busyness of the season? Or are we modeling the peace that the world is actually looking for during the season? Right, right they're looking for it. I I always love the... Um, and I love thinking how this kind of manifests, but uh, Paul talks about it being the aroma of Christ, right? Like as, right. as you are living that, there are going to be those who, who smell that aroma and it is going to be a, a beautiful scent. And there are going to be those who it, it's death. They're going to look at that and they're going to go, oh, those, those people are crazy. Like, um, you mean, tell me that this, this guy rose from the grave and like, yeah, yeah, he absolutely did. Uh, for some of those, it'll be life. And, and you could be that aroma or you could, you could point people to that aroma, um, this Christmas season, I like to think like, what what is that aroma during the Christmas? Is it peppermint mocha? Are we talking like mm. a, like, a, like a cedar firewood? Like what what kind of aroma is it during the Advent season? It's definitely know, peppermint like, mocha. You think so? Yeah, that's my favorite. It's good. I like peppermint mocha. I don't really like peppermint the rest of the year, but in Christmas time, yeah, there's something about that, right? I love peppermint. I'm I'm totally with you. I, I'm not a big mint guy, but peppermint mocha. Uh, actually, yeah, the Girl Scout cookies, the mint thin mints are pretty good too, though. So maybe but that's I like do. that's different than. Is it different? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Mint and peppermint are two different things. They're two different uh, like flavors. Okay, listen, we are going off brand by getting off like <laughs> in the Tom Fool. This is yeah. this is for the first five minutes of the podcast. Sorry, is, I'm sorry. We have an agreement with our listeners <laughs> that there will be nonsense for the first five minutes, and then after that, we are down to business. And now we are violating that. We've this is episode three thousand two hundred twelve. I think it's one hundred eighty nine. Which, by the way, I got okay. we got another listener this week. Wow. I had somebody else say, "Hey, I, I listen to the podcast." I'm like, "Yes, it's awesome. That's so great. I love that." And I, I um, yeah. So we're up to like I think 29. That's incredible. We're almost yeah. I will share a story with you. Uh, 
Is this is this on topic? Or yeah, this is on topic. Okay, this is on topic at the at the at the kids' Christmas play. Okay, um, it was really cool. Someone came up to me, and uh, they said that this this past spring they were in Arizona. Uh, they were they were they were down in Arizona, and they were in a particular area of of Arizona where it had been, um, it, it had been desert for a while. It, well, it is mm-hmm. a, it is a desert region, but it hadn't rained in like years. Mm. It was an area where it hadn't rained in years, but they were there when it had rained for like the first time in like four or five years. Um, and, and they, they pulled up their phone and they showed me pictures and it was incredible because like, you kind of know what a desert looks like, yeah. but it, and it looked just like this desert where all of a sudden like stuff was growing and you're like, where, where did this stuff come from? Like yeah. what, what, what is going on? But there were like, there were patches of beautiful flowers and patches of green. And, and she was showing me these and she was like, this is like a real visual representation of it. And I was like, that is, uh, that is so cool to think about how we think of just desert as like, there's, there's no hope there. Like the whole point of a desert is to get through it. Yeah. The whole point of the desert is to like book it to whatever oasis you can find or get to the next land. But instead like God gives the living waters and like stuff starts to grow. And that, that to me was, was so cool. So I share that. I love that. That, so that, that would be a good thing for us to kind of just chat about really quickly before we, uh, wrap up is okay so if during this season especially you are feeling like you're in a, a desert and and so we're talking about joy and peace and hope but there are a lot of people during Christmas season that don't feel any of those things the right. Christmas season is also one of the most depressed times it is a it is a really lonely time for a lot of people it's where it, it, it and it's it's no wonder why it's a time that most people reflect a little bit. So you can feel totally fine about life decisions and whatever when you're just going through your day-to-day life in September, you know, in October or whatever. But all of a sudden you get to holiday season and um, that's when a lot of of past regrets and, and pain, past hurts, they, they you kind of sober up essentially to that, to some of those realities. And so for a lot of people, it's a really painful time and then there are a lot of people where this um, every year there are there are big life changes that have happened in the past year that are felt really profoundly during Christmas. Like it could be a, a death or an illness or a change in life or whatever that that you're just kind of getting through. But then all of a sudden during Christmas you really feel it. So what what do you say to a person? Like how can a person actively pursue Jesus as their hope? if they are really feeling the weight of that desert right now, they're feeling that, that darkness, that wilderness, that they feel like they're wandering. They feel like they look around and there's no growth. There's no life. What, what are some practical things that we could encourage people to do to be able to lay hold of, of Jesus as their hope in the midst of that? That's a, that's a heavy question. It's a good question. It's a really good one. I'm so I'm, I'm thinking specifically of um, that. Even just that question brings a, a few people to mind who I know are having um, really difficult seasons. And I'm I'm asking, my, well, if I were to ask that person who I know is right now going through a really difficult time, and yet they're clinging tight to Jesus and they're finding their hope in Him, um, I I would say um, trust trust is trust trust in Christ oftentimes is built through um, trusting the things that he says will bring us life. And so I would tell them like, come and worship him. Um, come and be a part of God's family. Come and come on a Sunday morning, worship him. Um, 
sing, pray, um, connect with other people. If you have a, a specific area, you know, con- connecting at an area lunch with some other people, stay behind and, and ask maybe one of us to pray for you, or maybe even just call us up to get together with a, with a pastor or staff person. Um, but I, I think part of, part of what happens is we end up, um, we end up isolating and we end up kind of like just drawing back and, and staying away from people. And w- when we are in those moments, when those are the ag- exact moments that we need to actually like press into, um, other people who are around us and you go, well, maybe I don't have people who are around us. And that's why I'm saying like, maybe it's a part of just being with God's family on a Sunday morning, finding the things that, uh, where people are and just, just being there and, and praying that God will use those to, um, to help you through that. Um, because I, like, I think that's where it, that's where it begins. Like, I think it begins with, with, um, just worshiping him, recognizing him and then being with God's family during those moments. So that, that's what I would, I love that. So, yeah. So if you're feeling, and we do, we know several people who are walking through very, what will feel like the desert. Um, and they're pressing into the church family. Yeah. And you're right. You're so you're so right that people's instinct is typically to withdraw from the church and from the the church family when things feel like that because you you feel like, well, I I need to I need to wait till things calm down or I'm just not in a place where I feel like I can go and be around people. And we're seeing that culture shift that you that that's the time that you should be here. Right. And you should be with God's family. Like it's okay to come to church when you're not feeling very joyful. Like the, be be with the church family and let them minister to you in that way. Even if it's not even if even if you don't want to share everything that's going on, I, I understand that, especially in a you know, a corporate worship service or whatever. But like you said, we you can receive prayer um and just being around people who are worshiping God. I've mentioned this before on a Sunday morning, but there have been many times where I've come to worship on Sunday morning and felt spiritually dry. Yeah. And it felt empty. But the singing of the congregation has ministered to me and God has used that to to fill me up and um and that's a that's a really incredible thing or to take communion together or to hear the word preached like all these things are meant to minister to us. So I think that's a really good one. And I think that another one that you um that you just mentioned with the the illustration of that the desert in Arizona and that even though it looks barren around you right now God can bring growth right now yeah like he can bring forth the rains and and bring growth now and believing that God can do that is also a huge part of hope in Jesus that think about all the people that Jesus interacted with he he ministered to them in that moment and you see all these big these 180 turns right these just just a complete they go from completely um completely in the desert to complete you know fruit and growth and and green like the woman at the well turns and all of a sudden she turns into like she's running into town and and all these people that she had been isolated from, all these people that she was trying to avoid, she's now engaging them and telling them, like, could this be the Christ? Think about the people who were healed, like people with leprosy and people um, who are blind. Like all of a sudden now they can see and now they're rejoicing in that. He doesn't ever tell people, hey, okay, I'm going to heal you, 
but now you're going to, you're going to need to do some things for me for the next 10 years. And then maybe you'll experience some kind of life. He gives it now. And so that hope and that belief and the understanding of, okay, this is, this is a time that he is actually doing something in me and he, he can bring life right now. He could, he, he could bring that. And so to, to put your hope in him, you know, for that. Um, so the, I think those are a couple of things of just press in to God's family. Let God's family be um, be your joy. Like when you can't muster that joy yourself, like it, let it be contagious. Um, let it remind you that that there is joy in Christ and that uh, and there's peace. And then also just just trust Him in that. Believe believe that He brings He brings growth in the desert. That's just that's what He does. Yeah. You know? And there yeah. aren't other ways, like nothing else will do will do that in in that way. No, and everything everything else will eventually fail. Like every everything right. else will eventually fall short, and uh, unfortunately leave you in a worse spot than than you were. And so, um, yeah, no, trust in the living water, N- not 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 what would you know satisfy you in just the moment and then leave you worse off. Instead, trust in the living water, the eternal hope, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no arguing there. No, and I think, uh, you know, and then I think one last thing I would say is the clinging to him actively and and just day to day moments, like, for example, in your prayer life and in being in scripture, like, don't let it be contained. If you're walking through the desert right now, don't let it just be contained to, you know, a set quiet time or just on Sunday morning when the church um, engage. So engage daily engage constantly be in prayer pray without ceasing so have running commentary with with god and telling him how you're feeling in the midst of this desert and what you're hoping for him to bring and um just be honest with him in in prayer but then also again engaging with the family not just on sunday morning but you should have people that are praying for you and you should have people that you are that that feel a sense of responsibility for you and that you feel a sense of responsibility for people that you can text um, quickly and just say, "Hey, I'm I'm struggling right now. I need I need some prayer." Um, people that people that you can share your struggles with, you can confess. Um, you know, like James talks about confessing your sins to one another. You know that you that you can do that. You can confess, like, "Hey, I'm struggling to believe that Jesus is my hope right now." I really am thinking that if this external circumstance gets fixed, that's my hope. My hope is in that, and and I want my hope to be in Jesus. I also want to ask for that, you know, whether it's healing or whatever it is, but but that my ultimate hope is in Jesus, and that you have people who are praying for you, um, and and in that in that battle. Um, so just don't don't be isolated. Like the big the big thing is isolation bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's where the enemy just manipulates our thoughts and just perverts them and whispers things to us and we start to believe lies and weird things and and it just it can spiral i mean i was even thinking sorry as you were as you were saying that one other thing that just kind of came to mind um if you're listening to this podcast and if you listened this far then that means you enjoy podcasts to a certain extent and i found myself in in seasons where i've had dry times um i'm the podcast guy i listen to tons of podcasts i have found that i have to take turn off the podcast 
then I need to like listen to like worship music. I need to just spend time in prayer. I need to do those sort of things instead of um, just constantly listening to other people talk. Um, that's just another, you're, you're just another one where I forget sometimes. And, and a lot, I listen to a majority of the podcasts I listen to are, are Christian based. They're um, working through scripture, they're talking on topical things, but sometimes I have to turn those off and just worship the Lord. I need to sing praises to him. I need to sing and confess things that are going on to him. Um, so I would say, yeah, if you've made it this far, maybe that's something for you is like, instead of going, okay, well, what's the next podcast I'm going to listen to in the car? Um, you know, maybe I'm going to, I'm going to throw, throw on a, um, some worship songs that really just point me back to Jesus and remind me of him. Or maybe I'm going to even just keep the radio off and I'm going to spend the specific time in prayer. Yeah. I love that. You're right. That we, it's just an escape. Like we end up, we know that content, new content, um, occupies our brain in a way that actually can be a distraction from the deeper things that God's wanting yeah. to do in us. And obvious easy example is that you listen to a sermon for example and you feel conviction over something you think oh i need to i think i need to obey jesus in that i'm not i've not been obeying him in this and and then instead of actually but thinking too deeply about that of what that would actually look like then i listen to the next sermon and like oh i've convicted about this other thing and so we can use conviction and other like just thinking about biblical things we can use that as a distraction actually from faithful obedience and so i agree there's something about either being in the quiet um, which is a really important thing to do um, or to listen to worship music that will stir our hearts and then you know or listening to the audio bible you know just listen straight to the word and not to me or to you know you or to whatever pastor is out like not always listening to the commentary the commentary is helpful we're told like to do that we, we are supposed to like take god's word and, and understand it abide in him with it apply it to our lives today apply it and um, that is important and we need help to do that from each other and and from teachers and all that but it's also really it's an incredible gift that what, for whatever reason, God has given us this grace that at this point in history, you have access to directly to God's word anytime you want it. I mean, there's, there's plenty, especially in our culture here, we have plenty of printed Bibles. You can have it on your phone. You can listen to it. You can, I mean, there's just so many avenues for it and it's just mind boggling you know, it just, it, when you think about the early church and what they had access to, they just, you know, they had yeah. a letter that would be read to them. By, by a person, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and then they're not taking it home. Like, it wasn't like, hey, we got copies for everybody here. You know, when Phoebe brings the, you know, the letter to Rome from Paul, she doesn't, like, say, like, yeah, and I got a box in the back with, like, you know, plenty of <laughs> copies, take take right. some for yourself, whatever. No, she just read it. And they're yeah. like, what in the world? And they're trying to figure it out. And so this is a gift. So I want to just enjoy that and, and let it, let God's word minister to you. But again, it does come back to community. We want to help you connect, especially during the season. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I don't, I don't feel very connected. This does feel like a desert time. Then let us know and let us help you get connected with people who will commit to praying for you. Um, and then a reminder that uh, grab a toy, drop it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But just so you know, 
We did get a text in the middle of recording this. December 14th. Thursday, December 14th. Oh, man. So, All right. So we're putting this podcast out. Yeah, we're going to put it out right away. We're putting right. it out right away. Um, and uh, so hopefully if you're listening to this right now, if it's past December 14th, if it's Friday, December 15th, well, then, you know. You missed out for Casa. I'm sure there's other places. But there's probably other places, yeah. but I just don't want people to be like, oh, I did it. I went and then I went to Jack's and they didn't have it. And yeah, yeah. He's like, well, it's January 8th. What were you doing? <laughs> oh. So whatever. The point being, we're glad that you're listening. Yes. We hope it's been helpful. Until next time, grace and peace. Yeah.